Yeah, so this morning, you know, in light of speaking at a wake and, um, you know, sharing the gospel there and seeing our dear sister being a light in that community and us being able to, in essence, give fuel to her fire for the Lord. That's what we really, we, we partnered to share and we invaded secular space. We invaded a gambling zone. We invaded, you know, a place where people say, don't talk about God in this place. This is separate. You know, let us wallow in our pain. And instead we said, no, we're going to turn on a light. We're going we're gonna to light a fire in the middle of this pain and darkness. And we're going to point to Christ. <clears throat> and actually, I want to encourage us today that that is actually our call as a people of God. You know, our lifestyle is meant to bear witness to Christ. Now, we do that in word and in deed, in our actions, as well, not just in our sayings, because oftentimes we can say things but not do things. We can do things um, that don't line up with what we're saying, you know, whatever. But actually, our lives are made to declare about God in every area that it is. So in our speech and in our evidence of who we are, what we do. The evidence, when, when we, if we were to cut up our lives and open it up and shine a light, there needs to be a DNA of Christ in every element of it. From our waking to our sleeping, from our activities, from our hobbies, there needs to be a Christ DNA. Why is that? Because we are a constant light. That's what I'm reminded of. So when we see Talia, when we look at her, she may be small in physical stature, but last night she looked like an atom bomb in the midst, right? Because she carried the light and the love of Christ. So it really shone through in the worst times when you're cut, you show what you bleed. Does that make sense? So when you're in pain, you react with what's inside. When you're in the worst places, it will start to reveal. And you look at Tao. And I just want to talk about our dear sister, proud of her. And I hope I don't mind, you don't mind putting this on recording, but I am proud of her. Because her daddy just passed away, and yet last night, she was like, an, to me, like an atom, atom bomb. You know, so much energy of light and life in her. Even in the midst of her shell, her body being, bogat, like you were saying, Janet, heavy heavy-hearted. She still had this spirit of difference. And I want to encourage us, <clears throat> let's be like Talia in our lives. You know, we are, our lives have one purpose, actually, which is to point to Christ. Everything we do needs to point to Christ in one way, shape, form, or another. And that's why we say in our workplace, it still needs to point to Christ. <clears throat> Whatever way and however way we slice our lives today, we need to have Christ's DNA, right? And that's the encouragement and the challenge. It's like if, if somebody was to slice up our lives, how much of it would be proportioned to Christ's DNA and proportioned to world DNA? Like where we spoke last night, we're in the midst of a worldly DNA, you know, um, the traditions of drinking and gambling, whatever else during wake. And so we wanted to share with humility and with love, but shine the light. you got to turn the light on. There's a difference with the light and the dark, right? And um, Paul, his life 
was fascinating. If you look at Acts chapter 20, um, it says this in verse 22 to 24. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. He say, he's like, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm led by the very presence of God to go to Jerusalem because he was an evangelist, right? Except, and he says, I don't know what awaits me. Much like our lives, we don't know what awaits us. We don't know what's around the corner. We didn't know that this week we would have to share this moment with our sister. And then we had the opportunity and the privilege last night. But it wasn't easy, right? I don't know about you, but just before I was about to speak, I, I felt nervous, you know, because it's like, wow, this is, this is deep stuff. This isn't just shallow. People have lost someone that they dearly love and, you know, there's a potential for offense and all of that kind of stuff. So you got to understand that light and when we turn the light on, you have to turn the light on. You don't do it half. Right. So but this is what Paul said. He says, I don't know what awaits me in verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Now, I just... You just think about Paul, right? He goes, I know that I'm propelled by the gospel. I'm propelled that my life has to keep pushing forward with this good news that God has given me. But I don't know what's in front of me, except that jail and suffering is going to be there. Like, it's going to be hard, basically. That's the only guarantee I'm getting. And yet, he was compelled to keep going. You would think in the normal sense of the world, when somebody says, hey, Sid, if you keep going down this path, you're going to have suffering in jail. You'd be like, well, I'm not sure that I want to continue down that path. Right? It doesn't make sense. But actually, in the sense of the gospel, the reason why it's like that is because the gospel is light and darkness, and the two cannot mix. So it has to come to a head. And where the light is, the darkness will flee. And there is promises that the light overcomes the darkness, right? So we don't ever have to fear that he didn't, he didn't walk in fear. If he did, he would stop. He knew that suffering was coming, but that wasn't enough for him to stop because he knew that the overcomer that lives in him was going to give his life meaning and purpose. So with that as a baseline, look what he then says in verse 24. But my life, so now he looks at his life as a whole. Our lives are the same, okay? It's worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. My life is worth nothing unless I do what God has assigned for me. Even if my only guarantee is pain and suffering and <laughs> jail time. Do you know what I mean? It's like, now I'm not taking that literal for us guys here, but I'm saying that the understanding of this is, all we might know is that when I continue down this path of shining the light, my work, unless I use it for finishing the work, assign me. Like I've got to run the race to the end. I can't stop just because I know there's going to be hard ahead. I have to keep pushing through. Why? Uh, assign, the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, which is what? The work of telling others. This is what I was saying earlier. The good news about the wonderful grace of God. Telling others about the good news. This is what we're doing. We're walking our lives. This is what I said about having a spiritual DNA in every aspect of our life. 
which tells. Words are not enough. Right? In fact, most folks learn best when they see how things are done. Like, if you want to understand what a good marriage is, it's often best to see it happening in front of you. And sometimes it's hard. If you've grown up in a family where it's not a good marriage, right? It's difficult to see what a good marriage looks like. It's, it's not just by, well, you should do, uh, you know, take these three pills every morning. Humble, love, and this. And it's like, well, I, I don't see it at work. You got to see it at work. So that means that when we are the, to finish the work, assign me. Assign means you have, you have a, a task that's just for you and for me. Given by our Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news. So we tell others the good news by the way we are and the way we live. You know, I believe that Talia, because this is about her as a, as a foundation for this morning's talk, is that she's telling others the good news by just the way she is. When others were bleeding there, they bled one way. She bled different. She bled Christ's blood. She bled a DNA that showed, I am not my own. My hope is not in this world. You see, now that's a witness. That's telling without speaking. You see what I'm saying? Now, we do have to speak too. So it takes... Like Paul said, man, I'm going to have to go and speak. And he would speak and people would go berserk, would go crazy. Stone him. I can't stand what that guy is saying. And you know, like, like for us, there will be moments when you step up. Ezekiel, on, uh, you know, at Buhi, you stepped up. You sat there and you described, I took a photo. I was so proud of it. You're sitting there like, this is the gospel. And you're doing it in the midst and speaking the word out. So that's one level. The next level is... Does your life reflect that DNA? It has to follow through. The good news about the wonderful, and this is the next and the last part I want to talk about, the grace of God. Our lives must depict the grace of God. Our message must depict the grace of God, not the condemnation, which often can be the case when people think, well, that's it. I'm going to go preach the gospel and I'm going to smash people over the faces. Right? Which is, the, you're a sinner and you're going to die. I don't see much grace in that. Now there is times to be really straight, but it must be done with love. It's like it says, without love, you're just a noisy symbol. Right? So our, our, our lives is like, but by the grace of God. He saved me, not by my works or by my actions. That's why I can be humble. Because I don't deserve it, but God's grace has given it. And so therefore, I want to tell you about God's grace. So you notice like last night, when I was giving the message, it wasn't a message of condemnation. It was a message of love and grace. But the truth was still there. They still had to understand that they had to choose, that they had to turn from their lifestyle because of the grace of God that compels and, and the love that will draw them. So our lives need to show grace, the wonderful, not just a little bit of grace, but the wonderful grace. What does that mean? Amazing grace, right? It's outrageous. It's not deserved. That's what wonderful grace is. It's like, I could not earn this. I certainly don't deserve this. But yet God sent his son for me. And so therefore, I will live, truly live. For eternity. And it's like our lives 
are meaningless, is worth nothing, like he says here, unless we finish, not just start or kind of dribble along. We need to finish what we have been assigned, which is to share the good news of other, telling others the good news in our lives. So the question today is, are we being those atom bombs? Are we being those folks that share, that are finishing the race that God has given each, each of us and corporately? That's why I was so pleased last night. We, we were able to do it corporately and not just here, but internationally. There are people praying, partnering, believing, sending scripture. Saying, I believe God is going to do this. This is the word that God has laid on my heart, so I'm praying that in. That is telling the good news. That's partnering in faith. But it must come by telling the... And I, I want to be very clear that our lives must depict when we're telling, right? Telling others of the good news about the wonderful, what? Judgments of God? The wonderful smackdowns of God? No, the wonderful grace. It's like, hey, Daniel, you don't deserve this. You cannot earn it. But by God's grace, if you would accept it. And the same with our lifestyles. Are we walking in a love and a grace towards others that shows the DNA of Christ? That's telling in many ways more than just speaking. Right? That's what I was saying. Our DNA has to accomplish the work given us and it goes right to the root how we bleed what we do what our actions are so i want to encourage us today you know it's like man it makes me double double think everything just making sure that in those areas of my life my dna is christ that my purpose my my, my life is meaningless it's worth nothing unless i complete the work assigned to me by our lord jesus that's what that's what gave him. He said, well, yeah, I know that the only guarantee I have is probably pain and suffering. But I'm okay with that because otherwise it's meaningless. And that's just taking one side. You've got to remember that we then walk in the fullness of peace and joy when we live righteously before the Lord. That's the kingdom. So it's like, man, today, God, help us as a team to be atom bombs in all parts of our life. And the way we love, the way we walk, and the way we talk. Amen?